Welcome to the Factory Youth Podcast. This is a weekly teaching podcast from the Factory Youth at Calvary Chapel, Vera Beach. So we're continuing in this epic series, part three, in The Church on Fire, right? Book of Acts, one of my most favorite books. So if you guys want to go ahead and open up on your U version or just read along on the screen, we're going to be in Acts chapter three. Nate and Jim and Shane and Trevor, heroes of mine. You guys don't know how blessed you are to be in an epic church and an epic youth group. Don't take it for granted. I come down here every year just to sit under this teaching. Man, God has a calling on your life. So, so take these teachings, take this instruction, and don't keep it in here on Thursday night. Take it out in the Bureau community. And in this series in Church and Fire, that's what that's all about, is not keeping church in a building, but you becoming the church and going out into the community and setting it ablaze for the glory of God. So here we are. We're seeing that again in Acts chapter 3. And let's read. Peter and John, they went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. Now, what we have here is a man who's had a physical ailment from birth. Now, if you look into this story a little bit further, you discover he's a 40-year-old, right? He was born in this condition of being handicapped. And he has a friend that these friends, are, they're helping him in the best way that they know how, right? They're like, look, people are feeling generous on their way into church. I mean, this is a good place for us to leave him along with some of these other beggars. And maybe he can gather some income. That's the only way he's going to get any sort of financial support. So we're going to leave him here. We're his friends. It's the best that we can do. But that is not how it works in the kingdom of God. That's not what the Holy Spirit wants to do in any one of our lives. He doesn't want to simply leave us where we are at. He doesn't want to leave any of us as beggars. He does not want us to stay in that place. He doesn't want to just take you and the hard situation that you're in and simply just make it a little bit better, right? And that's the thing with the Christian life. There's great confusion with it. Are we just going to be more moral people or nicer people or people who don't cuss or watch R-rated movies? Is that what the Christian life is all about? Or is it much greater and far beyond that? right? Because that's not what I see in this Church on Fire series, right? So here's the truth. I mean, this guy, he, he, he had this ailment all the way from birth, right? In the womb, he uh, uh, was impaired with this, right? But you and I, and him included, we're all in the condition of before Jesus Christ and apart from Jesus Christ, we are certainly dead in our trespasses and sins. We are in a bad and horrible and tragic condition apart from Jesus himself. Now, Peter and John, we see in verse 4, it says that they did what? What did they do? They looked at him, right? And it says that they also asked him, they said, hey, look at us as well. Now, this is not normally the move with people, right? You know, as you guys know, it's not in general, polite to stare. Are you guys like me at all? And this is where we can talk for a little bit, right? Are you guys ever in a conversation with someone and you, and you, and you want to be loving, you want to be kind, you want to show them that you're being attentive, so you're looking them in the eye, right? And, and, you're, and you're staring at them, right? But do you ever feel awkward? Like, oh, like we, we just made eye contact for a really long time. Like, let me look over here. Let me look down. Do I look over your forehead? Where am I looking here? Does anyone else like overthink that moment? Like, it has been tripping me out. I wish the thought never entered. I never had a struggle with this. And now it's entered my head. I can't get it out right? So here we are in this moment. 
It can be awkward to say. Who here can drive? Who's driving at this point of life? Okay, we've got a lot of drivers, all right? So you're with your friends, you're going on a road trip, and you're, you're the driver, and you look in the left lane, because you don't want to just look in your mirror, right? Right? You don't want to just look in the mirror because you have a blind spot. So you're looking over your shoulder to the left. Have you guys ever made that eye, awkward eye contact with the person sitting behind you? And it's like, oh, that, that's so weird. Every time I change lanes, like we're like looking at each other. It's weird. You're my friend, but I don't know why it's so awkward right now. Eye contact can be awkward. And here we have these men saying to this man, hey, look at me. This is not normal, especially for this man. And he's probably eagerly expecting this uh, uh, handout of some kind. With no shame in verse 4, we're seeing they're staring him dead in the eyes. See, Peter and John, they were on mission to help and glorify and serve Jesus Christ in any way possible. Now, they were not blind with the appointments that God would give them. They didn't have too busy of schedules to see people in need. They, didn't, they weren't too drowning in the desires of the world to miss out on people. They saw the needs of this man. He was left in a condition that he could not be left in. You have friends that are in a condition that we can't leave them and we can't stop seeking them out so that they can come to know Jesus Christ just like you've come to know him also. Now, you guys might be looking at your dual enrollment schedule, right? Are some of you guys like in high school and at IRC at the same time here? We have a ton of that in Melbourne, right, with, with Eastern Florida, right? We can't look at that as an a, uh, interruption to sharing the gospel, right? We can't look at sports as something that, like, I would share more, I would help more if I didn't have these sports. We can't look at rehearsals, right, or, or practices of any kind as these interruptions. Like, if I wasn't so busy, maybe then I could see people in need and I could actually stop the help. But those are, in fact, divine appointments from God where he's placed in your life. As you're going, you can win people and help people for Jesus Christ as well, right? And I think sometimes it's not that we don't see them. We see the condition we're in, right? And sometimes it's fear that stops us, right? But you know what I think also stops us a lot? We don't care, right? And you might spend an eternity apart from Jesus Christ, and maybe that doesn't really trip me out as much as it should. Man, it ought to. Man, think right now, I pray the Spirit shows you the people in your life who you've yet to tell about Jesus Christ, right? Man, we have to love them. We have to see them and with boldness say, hey, we got to look at this and we got to make a decision. See, Jesus Christ, the scriptures constantly point to him seeing people, and then in turn having compassion on them, right? He would see their physical ailments and he'd heal them. He would see their physical needs and meet them by providing food. He would see people like Zacchaeus climbing in a sycamore fig tree, and he would say, Zacchaeus, I see you. You're tired of being in this down and out place you're in. I'm coming to your house today. He simply said, let's have dinner together. Is that too much to ask? You guys can do that as well, right? Like Jesus, we can't be so wrapped up in appointments or our own wants or our own desires that we don't see people who need help because they're everywhere and they are all around us. We have to have the boldness to look them in the eye and have a serious conversation with them. Now, you guys, that's why you're here on this Thursday night, right? You were at the factory in Calvary Chapel, Vero Beach. You're here for a reason, Right? You're here because you said, look, I don't want to drink the Kool-Aid of the world any longer. I've seen what it has to offer, and it's simply not enough. You're here to be equipped so that you can go out and carry out the mission of Jesus Christ, which he left for us, which we see modeled in this 
book of Acts. You said, I've tasted the world. It's not for me, right? In fact, Jesus is for me, and Jesus isn't just for you. He is for everyone. We want his living water. We've tasted from it, and we want to share it with others too. And when we do that, when you come here, when you sit under this epic worship and you hear the word of God exposed by incredible teachers, the things of the world, they begin to dim down, right? Your desires for the things that it has to offer will decrease because Jesus will rise in your heart as supreme as you worship him and then in turn become more like him. Your broken eyes becomes fixed. That's what happens. We must fix our vision so that we can see people in need. That's the first thing I want you to see is fix your eyes and see the needs. If your eyes are fixed on Jesus Christ, you will see people in need. It says in Hebrews, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. We read on in verse six in this story. It says, but Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you. He said, silver and gold, I have none. The man, when he said, look at me, he extends his hand out. He's like, oh, this is about to be payday, right? These guys aren't looking the other way. They're not locking their doors as, as someone's on the street with a sign getting closer and, and saying, hey, don't look at us. No, they said, look at me. He's, he's thinking he's about to get paid right now, but Peter did not have money. Now, he had something eternally better and infinitely better, and he actually believed that it was better than what this man was requesting. So think about this right now. Let the Spirit search your heart. Think about your friends, the people you care about and love who don't yet know Jesus. Think about the things that they're searching for, their wants, their desires, right? Some, some maybe not even bad for that matter, but some probably are bad and not good and not God's best for their life, right? They're extending their hand and wanting these things, right? And you see, you know what? Like, that's not even adding up. I know they're, they're asking for this thing, but that's not what they need. What they really need is the hope and salvation of Jesus Christ. But that's a lot of pressure on you, isn't it? Man, that's a scary conversation to have. How can we have that? How can we do that? I think first off, stop putting the pressure on you to save people. It's not your job, right? In fact, you are incapable and you are unable you can't do it. Only the Holy Spirit through you can do that. You are a vessel and a conduit of him. See, Peter, when he comes to this man, he doesn't say, I come to you in the name of Peter, rise up and walk. Whose name? You guys can talk with me now. Whose name does he come in? The name of Jesus. You're not coming in Peter's name. You're not coming in Ethan's name. You're not coming in Ty's name or Matt's name. You're not coming in Brianna's name, right? Because honestly, as cool as you guys are, not a lot of eternal power behind that. So have no fear. You're coming in the name of Jesus Christ. So let me blow your mind for a second, right? You guys aren't praying for people and reaching for people and connecting with people and trying to save people like down here on earth, hoping like, God, God, hear this message from heaven. Like bring something to us because I love my friend. I want my dad to be saved. I want my friend to stop getting in these bad relationships. I want them to change their behavior. I want them to come with me to the factory on Thursday night, right? So, so God, would you just speak down from heaven, God, and, and do something? Well, you have to realize that because of what Jesus Christ has done for us on the cross, you're not from the earth any longer pleading for God to do something, but you must know your identity and who you are in Christ. You're not beggars like this man is. That's not you. You're not begging God, saying, God, help people. God wants to help people, and he's left you to do it. 
So where he has placed you and what your identity is, is that you are royal sons and daughters of God. That is who you are, and you must live from that place. You must know your identity because it will determine your activity. You're not from the earth any longer pleading for God to maybe help. He gave us the Holy Spirit so that we certainly can be empowered to help. So now you are, click with this, leave with this. You are seated with Christ Jesus in the heavenly realms. You are bringing down the authority from heaven to earth to continue the work and the mission of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus didn't stay, right? Jesus did what? He ascended into heaven. He didn't send a bunch of baller angels to do the work, right? No, he left me and you, right? Empowered by the Holy Spirit to continue the mission of the kingdom, right? To be that church that is to be on fire so you can say and look and help this people that are saying, here's my hand, and you're going to actually be able to give them what they truly need even if they are not asking, right? See, I believe that Peter, he believed in what he had. He didn't feel like it was second rate. He didn't think it was plan B. He knew and he believed that this is infinitely and eternally better, right? So you know people, they're extending their hands and they're beggars as well, looking for healing. Maybe you're a beggar tonight, looking for healing, looking for contentment, looking for satisfaction, trying to find wholeness, looking for someone to hand you something that is just going to make it okay, there's a desire within you and with our friends. I just want to be okay. I don't want to be in such anxiety. I don't want to be so afraid, right? Why, why am I so anxious? I, what's going to make it okay? We're out here begging, and Jesus is that answer, right? And that's how good God is, is that he created 8 billion people, all created in the image of God, so that we could see him also. That is how good our father is, is that he's etched eternity. He's written eternity on the heart of every single person. He doesn't allow anyone in the universe to be content only with financial gain or wealth or success. He doesn't leave anyone perfectly content as if I get in this college and get this job, then I'll be happy. He doesn't let anyone be satisfied alone with if I get this boyfriend or if I get this girlfriend or if I get this husband or if I get this wife. He doesn't allow contentment in that alone. Why? Because if we found contentment in the things of this world, we might stop seeking after him. Man, he loves us too much to allow you and I to be satisfied in anything else but him. And Peter knows that this man's extending his hand asking for money, right? But instead, Peter says, I have something even better for you. And in the name of Jesus, he heals him, right? Show of hands, has anyone ever told anyone else about Jesus Christ before? Not in this room. Praise God. Come on. Keep them up for a second. That's insane. That's, that's very good. Thank you. Thank you. You guys can put your hands down. Praise God. It's not easy, is it? Right? You're probably hearing the Holy Spirit show you names, show you faces of people you ought to do that with and that you need to do it with. Right? It's not easy in 2021 in Vero Beach. Right? That is a difficult thing to do. It's not polite. It's not culturally correct. Right? Culture tells you you can believe what you believe as long as you keep it to yourself. But Peter, he doesn't buy into that. Jesus was the reason why he lived, right? But in order for you to be able to give that, think about your friends that are reaching out with their hands, right? They're reaching out with their hands. In order for you to be able to give them what Peter is giving this man, you have to have it for yourself because you cannot give someone what you haven't got. Jesus is the way. He is the truth. 
He is the life. That's the way, right? And is that true for you, right? It is your thing with Jesus. Does it begin and end at salvation? Are you experiencing the living God? Are you knowing that he loves you and he's delighting over you? Or have we compartmentalized him to a box that we keep him in on Thursday night at the factory, right? Is that as far as our Jesus goes? Is that as far as we've uh, released him, right? And that ought not be so, because if that's the case, then then we want to give somebody something and we haven't got it ourselves. See, a broken heart is not getting dumped by someone. A broken heart is not knowing how much God delights in you, right? I have a one-year-old at home and he's my pride. He's my joy. I gush over him. I treasure him, right? And I delight in him. Man, he, he hates when I put his pajamas on at night, though. You know why? Because when the Mickey Mouse pajamas come on, that means bedtime's coming, right? So he's cool all day, and then he turns on me in this moment. He betrays me, right? And he'll be screaming in my ear, and I have to put, like, U- UFC, like, wrestling moves on him to, like, like, get his pants on, right? And he's just screaming. And I honestly, like, I'm not, I don't get upset with him. Like, I get upset with him. But in that moment, I always think it's kind of funny how much he hates getting his pajamas put on right? I even in that moment of him busting my eardrum screaming, I'm still delighting in him, right? Man, I am just so proud of him. He'll, he'll pick up a ball and he'll look at me and he'll just drop it, right? And then I cheer for him. I'm like, yeah, dude, you're it. You're the man. Oh my gosh, Spencer Kier's gonna actually make the Orlando Magic a good team again. He's gonna take us all the way. Let's go, right? Right? That's how much I love my son. And he's just like, looking at me, just screaming over him. All he did was pick up a ball and drop it, right? And I really am, I'm stoked for him. And everyone's like, yeah, not that impressive, right? Your kid can't even make animal sounds yet, right? When he's reading the book, all the other kids can. I'm like, but he can pick up that ball and drop it, right? And then when I'm cheering over him, he'll go, like, like, you saw it, bro. It was pretty good, right? Man, I'm an earthly father, right? That I, I am sinful, and, and, and I'm doing my best in the name of Jesus to, to raise a godly son, right? And be a, I want to be a godly husband, right? But think how much more God delights in you. If you're not experiencing that, if you don't know that, if you have a head knowledge of it, but it hasn't hit your heart yet, I think it's going to be hard for you to be like Peter. When someone's reaching their hand out, I think it's going to be really hard for you to say, you know what, I, I got what you need, right? Because it hasn't connected, like you know you need it, but you haven't experienced it yet, right? And if you're in that place, I'm here to speak to you tonight and saying, stick with it. If you seek God with all of your heart, it's a promise from him. He says that if you seek me, you will find me. When you seek me with all of your heart, you will find him. He will not leave you and he loves you. He loves you so much he couldn't live without you. In fact, there's no greater way he could love you any more than he does right now on this night in the, in the summer of 2021. He's already proven it. He can't do anything else to show you anymore how much he loves you because he already sent Jesus to die for you. Peter felt the love. He experienced the death of Jesus Christ. He saw the resurrection of Jesus Christ, but he also knows about the restoration of Jesus Christ. You, just like Peter, you have a calling on your life. Use it here in the factory, then use it in the world, use it in your community. And when you're taking your God-given gifting and you're using it, we say that it thrills your soul with a sense of destiny. 
That's what I want. That's the thing that makes me say, silver and gold, I have none, but I have something even better. And his name is Jesus Christ. So the next and final point I have for you is fix your heart. Meet the needs. And the band, if you guys could, I invite you up at this time. Fix your heart. Meet the needs. The psalmist writes, because your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. You see, Jesus was not just the solution for Peter, right? It wasn't just Peter's God, right? It was a solution for that beggar outside that gate, right? Jesus is not just the solution for you, right? He is a solution for our friends that don't yet know Jesus as well. 